Hi, I'm Iris Muller. I'm a certified rehabilitation counselor and a proud mom of two children, one of whom has quadriplegic cerebral palsy and is nonverbal. And I'm Alma Schneider, a licensed clinical social worker and the proud mom of four children, one of whom has Prader-Willi syndrome. In this podcast, we discuss the uncensored truth about raising kids with disabilities. Prepare to laugh, cry, and hopefully learn something new. This is Two Moms No Fluff. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Two Moms No Fluff. We are here to talk about all things related to raising children with disabilities, and we are so happy you're here. I'm Alma Schneider, and I'm here with my friend and partner, Iris, who will be telling you about what our topic for today is. Hello, hello. Our topic for today is very interesting. It's the roles or the role of fathers in our children's life, especially children with disabilities. And this is an interesting topic because as we know, generally the role of a father has changed and evolved through the years. And what we see today fathers involved in is not quite what they were involved in 50 years ago even. So it's, a, it's an interesting uh, conversation regardless of uh, kids with special needs. And I don't know, Alma, if you want to start. Uh, surely. And I, I do want to start by saying um, in this ever-changing world that it's uh, fathers. So we're going to be talking about fathers and people who identify as fathers. So we're going to get started. Um, you know, funny enough, when Iris and I decided to talk about this topic, we laughed, as we often do, because we um, tend to tend to immediately go to the negative uh, behaviors of fathers and not the positives, but there are many positives. And um, it's just funny because our brains, you know, brains oftentimes do, you know, our brains do go to the negative sometimes because they stand out a little bit more, but there are many, many positives. Um, the role of a father um, and people identify as fathers, as Iris mentioned, has really changed. I mean, when I was growing up, I don't know about you, Iris, but my father uh, literally never changed a diaper with seven children. And um, it was definitely the role of the wife to take care of everything. And, um, you know, I don't have hard numbers, but I do know that uh, women, there have been studies and women are the ones who are the primary caretakers, you know, even today, even if they work, they're considered the primary caretakers. So a lot of the work does fall on the moms um, and people who identify as the moms. And it can be a lot of work, but we it's part of our job um, to communicate as effectively as we can what our needs are when we are the primary caretaker. And there are many dads who are uh, the, the stay-at-home dads and the and the more take on more of the primary role of parenting. So just let's you know I just want to acknowledge that. Um, but it's really important communication. We've talked about communication before. Communication is huge. It's so important. We can't assume or be resentful if someone's not doing what we want them to do or what would be more helpful if we don't communicate that. So that's number one. Um, they're really, you know, in a perfect world or a close to perfect world, the, the mom and the dad's roles really should be fairly equal. And there are a lot of complications when they're not perceived as equal. So that's yeah. uh, something to think about. 
yeah, I think that uh, I uh, I landed the new role of a mother and the new change in my relationship with my husband and my I know communication style with him literally when my daughter was born and I uh, as uh, the people who have been listening to our podcast for a while now know that I was really injured while giving birth to my daughter and I was in such a state that uh, my husband literally had to change diapers both for my daughter and myself it wasn't a uh, fun fun period of time I was uh, needing a lot, a lot of physical help and a lot of help doing the little that I did for my daughter. So if uh, I needed her to be moved to get closer to me or to nurse her, everything required another person. So basically from kind of an equal member in a partnership between my husband and myself, I turned into this uh, command barking uh, monster, like (laughs) sitting in bed, unable to move. Give me this, bring me that. (laughs) And uh, yeah, it's a whole kind of new side of my personality that was born with my daughter. And uh, regretfully, I I have to say that uh, sometimes, you know, in our life, we are really, really dependent on other people. And what a blessing it is if you do have a partner to actually uh, rely on and be able to kind of, uh, you know, trust that that they will be there for you. And that's one of the nicest and most beautiful things, I think, about the father's role. And if I can quote my trauma therapy, which I'm sure was quoting someone else, uh, she used to say uh, that the best thing a father can do for his children is to love their mother. And I have to say that in times where, you know, everything went crazy, uh, like having a new baby and me being so injured, uh, it was like the biggest blessing was always having my husband around. So that's kind of a small take on that. Yeah, it's very, very important. Um, You know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, spoken words about, you know, maybe how great we're doing, or, you know, you're such a good mother, you're, you really take care of the kids well. Um, But especially with a child with a, when there's a child with a disability in the mix who may require more work or more uh, focus or more vigilance, actions need to go along with the words. And, um, you know, we're, we're, the, you know, in this episode, we're, we're, we want to talk about the father's role, and we don't want it to all be about, uh, you know, how we have to instruct the dads, but sometimes uh, it's, it, that's, that's the only way that um, a father can learn what our needs are, because as we mentioned, again, 50 years ago, dads were not helping the way that they helped. Now, most dads weren't, and it was the exceptional dad who who really pitched in with the hard work of parenting. And that might not have been the dad's experience growing up, that kind of modeling by the dad. So it really is as hard as it can be and how you know resentful many moms can become it really is uh, important for us to understand that when one does not have the modeling, that it's, you know, it, it is going to partially be on us to, in a calm way, which is not always easy when we're really stressed, but to explain 
this is what will be helpful for me, which will in turn be helpful for our child. We need whatever those things are, whether it be we need to be aligned on these issues um, and the way that we parent in certain areas or um, you know, changing diapers or changing feeding tube, you know, bags, whatever it is to, to have that kind of, um, whether it's a separation of tasks or doing tasks together, it needs to be very, very clear. And I think that for a lot of moms, it's, you know, we feel like, how do you not know this? How, why do I have to explain this to you? And, you know, I'm putting on my my brain, I'm speaking from my brain now and not from my heart or my stress inside of me when it happens. It's, but we really do have to explain it a lot of the time because it is not something that may come as naturally. And I don't want to speak for all men and I don't want to make these sweeping generalizations. But judging from the moms that I know who have kids with disabilities over the years, many, many, many of them, it it's um, it seems that uh, not, not that it's necessarily intuitive for moms to know more about what to do, but we are with the child more and we know what our needs are and what the child's needs are sometimes a little bit more than the dads who traditionally, again, sweeping generalization, but are out of the house more. So uh, just like we talked about in our grandparents episode, it's important for if the dads don't know what to do to say, what can I help with? I mean, that's probably the best line that any dad can say if they're unsure of how to be helpful. When there are tensions or if you see that the mom is overwhelmed, uh, to be able to say, what can I do right now to be helpful? Or, um, and that might get a little frustrating over and over again, just like we talked about in the grandparents episode, if we've already told you what would be helpful and it's not being done, to have to repeat it for us to have to repeat it over and over again can be tough. So it's important for dads, even that, you know, as willing as they want to be to help to maybe write down what we need them to do or what would be helpful or to record it into a phone, put it in their calendar, whatever it takes. Um, because I think that most dads want to be helpful and they want to be that person that can be relied upon, but sometimes don't know how to do it. And that goes for moms too. That's not just a dad thing. Yeah. And we have to acknowledge that the, the role of the father changed, I think, most dramatically when more and more women kind of started working full time and working outside of the house. And there was no other way but to share some of the responsibilities of, uh, you know, child, uh, the child care and the maybe house chores. And even, uh, even though there is a huge growth in what uh, fathers now do in the house and with the children, there's still obviously... A, a very big gap and everybody talks about that and how uh, underappreciated the role and the uh, work of the mother in the household is. But that being said, I want to say that one of the situations that is unique for families with children with disabilities is that having a child with a disability with such a huge, uh, I guess, list of needs and, um, and activities that require way more than the average time for a typical child, um, it, it just, it bounds to happen. The, the father has to take a much more active role in our families than, than in a typical family, whether, you know, that was the intention or not. And in that, uh, in that scenario, I have to say that um, 
I, I have to, uh, to also mention the sacrifice that a lot of fathers in our kind of families have to, to carry, and that's uh, a lot of times they, they lose their free time, you know, to do their hobbies, sports, uh, spend time with friends. And uh, for many fathers, there's also a big kind of, uh, I guess, impact on their career and career path. I know, for example, in our family, because of my daughter's uh, needs, my husband has been working from home, like I think started working from home like five years before the pandemic, which wasn't quite uh, common back then. Uh, but but he had to to do that just to allow our family to function in a better way. And I I don't know kind of each family that is listening in what what their kind of father role person is is doing and what what their sacrifices are. But I I want to uh, put the emphasis on also what goes on in their uh, their side of the table in a way, and also to mention that. Um, in our society, men are almost not allowed to, to express feelings beyond like, uh, I'm content or I'm angry. <laughs> it's kind of like there's this and that and nothing in between. And uh, it's hard. It's hard to be a father for a child with a disability and not be allowed to express all the kind of spectrums of, of feelings that come with this and with this experience as well. I'll talk yeah. about it some more later. Yeah, and having a, um, one of the things that we can do is to really support, acknowledge it to start, that the need and the importance of communicating with other people and sharing with other, with other dads what it's like um, and, this is a gift that we can give uh, the dads or family members can give the dads, which is finding support groups for guys because they might not do it. Guys and who and people who identify as dads, it's it's important that they have that kind of support system that uh, you know a lot of a lot of moms seek that out, and it might not be as easy for a man because of what you said or someone who identifies as a dad to um, admit that they need help emotionally. So that's, that's really big. And that's a way that we, we can, you know, we can acknowledge it and we can maybe do a little legwork for it or encourage them to do it or encourage someone else in the family to, to do the research, to find uh, some kind of a support group or, or, you know, or playing some kind of sport where they eventually talk about it if they're with other, uh, with other dads of kids with disabilities. But it's really, really, really important that they have a community like we have, you know, we're trying to create a community and we, we get so much support from other people. It's important for, for the dads to have that support as well. Yeah, I think that uh, in our family, I always like to say that uh, my husband is more emotionally stable than I am. And a part of it, uh, as we can all uh, uh, appreciate, is the fact that I think uh, us as women, we're allowed to express more sadness or grief or uh, sorrow and, and also be a little bit more emotional in terms of uh, our reaction to other things. And sometimes I also find myself asking myself, am I kind of venting for the two of us right now? Uh, and he's just kind of letting me do the work and uh, it finds joy in me expressing the frustration or something. I, like that. I think that all the time. <laughs> yeah. Expressing the anger and the disappointment and the frustration and the sadness for both of us. Yeah. 
<laughs> something else that that um, is you know I think needs to be acknowledged is that again traditionally um, and statistics do show that there are more uh, of the dads going out and making the money. It's it's um, something that has been passed down through the generations is that the man makes the money. You know, the person who identifies as male is the one who makes the money and does the work. And there's a lot, there's an extra pressure if you do have a child with a disability who is going to require more money that um, a lot of dads feel that um, they may not be making enough money or that they have to work harder. And there's an added level of stress for a lot of dads to make that money, to, to make sure that the family is solid and that going forward, you know, everyone will be able to afford um, everything that's required for, for, you know, our unique situations. So that's, that's a lot. And that's something that's sort of an invisible stressor. So it's important to acknowledge that for the dads as well and to be, you know, to be cognizant of it and, and uh, appreciative and grateful for the hard work, which is sometimes really hard to do when we're doing the physical, you know, day-to-day um, of dealing with the child, or, you know, if we're both working, then after work, if we're taking on more of that role, it's, it, 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 you know, it can be hard to say, I know you have another meeting, but here I am dealing with you know, more of what I dealt with during the day or whatever it was. So it's, everybody's needs have to be met. Every, it's, you know, something that I found and a lot of people I know have, you know, felt is that there's just, there's so much more communicating and negotiating that has to happen when you have a child, you know, with, with extra needs. And it's exhausting and it's, but you're bound to have more tension because you're talking about, well, what are you gonna do? What am I gonna do? I don't wanna do that. I, you know, that's not a task that I wanna do. So we've talked about this in other episodes, the idea that we, we it's, it's very important that we have very clear communication about what everybody's role, you know, during the day and night, what those roles are, what those tasks are. And the clearer they are, the fewer tensions they're going to be. Yeah, I think um, lately uh, there is more and more research about the father's role in typical families. I don't know how much is done about their their role in uh, families like ours, but uh, as they now kind of research uh, postpartum depression in men, <laughs> I uh, <clears throat> I want to say that uh, in our uh, type of families, there is so much more that is going on in the emotional life of the fathers with the obviously the uh, diagnosis of a disability and all the different stages that we go through in life with our child with a disability the developmental milestones you know that happen or do not happen and how that affect uh, how um, our child maybe is seen by society and how we are seen as parents by society and I think that um, for for us, uh, I think that most of the time it was much easier for me to get the support and care that I needed, even just from friends and family. I'm not talking about professional help. And I, I find it sad that um, there are so, so many fathers out there that just lack those kind of very basic mechanisms that we sometimes take for granted as women, as moms. Uh, just the simple things of like being able to go to a, a mommy and me play group, to a La Leche League meeting, 
to be in a, um, you know, I don't know, I used to go to a home birth preparation classes and uh, that group of ladies that I was with during that time was really supportive after the birth as well. So uh, th those are things that are kind of made readily available for mothers, but fathers are kind of really uh, are in a void with that. So I want to acknowledge that and, um, and say that, uh, you know, we appreciate all that fathers are going through and uh, all the kind of emotional struggles that ha they have to go through and in a way also hide from the world and maybe going to work after a sleepless night or after your child with the, I guess, behavioral issue had a terrible fit at home and you left the house with that and uh, now you have to plaster a smile on your face and uh, meet your co-workers as if nothing happened, which is a very, very tricky thing to do. Yeah, yeah, and happens quite a bit in our house. <laughs> so I, uh, that really resonates with me. Uh, something else I wanted to mention is that it can be hard for dads when the wife or the, the, uh, the partner, um, whether it's a husband or wife, is the primary caretaker it's very important that we um, are cognizant of the fact that the kids may tend to get their comfort from the primary caretaker. And that can be tough. Uh, that can be tough for the dads because uh, there's, a, there's, there's a lot of gratification, especially with a child who may have really challenging behaviors to be able to comfort that child. It's something that we're able to give that child in their time of need. And when the dad is unable to provide that nurturing or comfort, you know, it goes both ways. When you're nurturing and comforting someone, you're getting something back too. It's, it's fostering more of a bond. You're feeling closer to that child. And um, unfortunately, a lot of kids who are with the primary caretaker most of the day, uh, they have that that a little that a different kind of bond with one partner in the relationship than the other. So that's something else that um, needs to be worked with. Me and that could involve you know the the dad uh, spending more time on the weekends with the child, doing really fun things, uh, having the partner leave the house so that they're sort of forced to, to be comforted by the dad. There are all sorts of ways to go around that if, if, if the dad is out of the house, you know, more than, than the partner. So spending more time uh, playing games, doing fun things, um, or it could also mean um, spending more time with the mom and the, or the partner and the child and kind of modeling that behavior, showing how the dad is is nurturing to you, you know, modeling how he can be, uh, he or she, she can be a comfort. So there are lots of ways to work around it, but you know your family best and how to how to sort of foster those bonds. Yes, I think that uh, one thing that is physical that I want to acknowledge is that some dads are much stronger than the moms, and I consider myself a very physically strong person however my husband turns to be stronger than I am and in our family with our daughter's physical needs it became a real asset like there was a gap of I think almost two years between when I was no longer able to lift and carry her let's say in a playground that she really 
could enjoy a little bit more of that phase of childhood just because of his physical strength. Mm -hmm. And it's important to mention because even that obviously came with the price as I just mentioned, he needs like three hernia operations now. And uh, it's just, um, it, it's something that, that also com comes with a price tag, but uh, even that physical ability is important. And when I talk about my husband who, does annoy me from time to time but overall really is a perfect match for me and uh, I enjoy his um, you know help with the children a lot I honestly don't know how I would like carry through this journey without uh, all of his help and support but one of the things that he also does better than I do is he has a little bit more uh, patience in some areas especially when it comes to kind of educational uh, goals and because we are unschooling the kids, I found that his ability to teach is a great gift for, for our kids. Like uh, I don't have the patience to go in a museum and read to them every single tag next to every single uh, statue, <laughs> but, but he does it. And uh, when he does it, I, I think that uh, there is another facade or another advantage to being in a couple that uh, you know one person has that set of qualifications and the other has the other set of qualification and together they bring more to the table than the one plus one in a way yeah. so I'm, I'm happy and grateful for that <laughs> yeah and some you know like all of us we have strengths in certain areas I don't want to deal with money or numbers or any of that kind of stuff and that's a way that my husband helps me. He deals with all of that. So I don't have the added stressor of dealing with, you know, our kids and all of all of those other extraneous things that would be extremely frustrating for me and would make me way more stressed out. So helping with more practical things, you know, traditional things like taking the garbage out or, you know, mowing the lawn or whatever it is. Um, that you just you know struggle with or it's just easier for him to do it also is as we all know as you know most people who have children with disabilities we know that dealing with the child with the disabilities depending on the disability and the behaviors and the tasks can be a lot harder um and more taxing and more draining than um doing the taxes where you're sitting at a desk and just relaxing while you're doing them or if it comes easy for you so there needs to be a you know a lot of discussions over time about even if it's something that is harder for the dad to to take on whatever role is depleting the partner the other partner in the relationship and that might be dealing with the siblings also it doesn't have to mean dealing with the child with a disability the siblings might be more challenging than the child with a disability but it causes more stress to the other caretaker so stepping in uh you know having these discussions to make it clear this is what i need to to feel less stressed and happier both you know parties need to discuss that uh, what, what they what their needs are you know it goes back again to communication it's so important but you know dads even though if they're out of the house or you know for the whole for most of the day and they don't get home till the kids asleep there are all sorts of other things that can make um the other partner's life easier but you need to ask and find out what those things are yeah or tell. <laughs> i think that uh, uh for example in in our family situation 
fathers of children with disabilities find themselves sometimes in scenarios that they didn't think they would ever be involved in. For example, like all the personal uh, care that uh, my daughter requires, even at 14 and probably all the way to her 30s and 40s, uh, the help with bathing and toileting and, and all of that. This is something that I think a typical dad doesn't see himself like helping her, her his daughter at 14 in the bathroom. But, um, but this is, it almost kind of extends the, the personality of a person. Uh, I, I think that um, when I look at other men in these days, I just think to myself that my husband is a much more evolved, emotionally evolved person because he had to kind of stretch himself way beyond the typical father role. And I think it's beautiful. It's just like uh, there's more depth to the person through those experiences of, uh, you know, dealing with the world as we're facing it with our child and dealing with the just, uh, you know, our very private life and private moments in, in the house with our child. And I find it uh, beautiful and uh, I want to salute all the, all the fathers that uh, are, find themselves now doing things that are way beyond what they ever imagined to be a part of their father's role, whether it's all the medical care that their child needs, whether it's, um, you know, the, the physical or emotional support of someone who's, um, you know, very challenging to, to help. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's a great note to leave it on. I just want to say that uh, Father's Day shouldn't be the only day that we celebrate the dads, but um, make it extra special, doing whatever he wants to do within reason. And uh, if your children cannot write or are not able to convey what they want to, what they would convey, have you know, if they were able, maybe the partner in the relationship can write a card from the child with us acknowledging all the positive things that they do. It doesn't have to just, you know, be the child writing it. We could pretend with the child disability <laughs> or any of the kids. But on that note, Iris, thank you as always for sitting thank here and chatting with me. Um, yeah. Please let us know on our Facebook or Instagram things that you appreciate about your, the dad's role or dads. We want to hear from you as well, ways in which you feel that you, you, um, you have changed or that um, how, this, how this new role in life um, feels for you. We want to hear from you. This isn't just for the ladies, you know. Thank you, Alma. I enjoyed uh, this conversation and uh, happy Father's Day to everyone. Happy Father's Day. For more information, please go to www.twomomsnofluff.com. Thank you. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and give it a five-star rating so more people can hear it. Thank you.